Quiet, please. Quiet, please. Oil rigs drill miles down below the Earth's surface. What else do you think is down there with the dirt and silt and rocks? Do you think there's anything living deep beneath us? And what would happen if we accidentally brought one up? Foley Mara Studios presents Quiet Please, which is written by Willis Cooper and directed by Chuck and Megan Mara. Quiet Please for tonight is called The Thing on the Forble Board. Me, I'm a roughneck. Well, I was a roughneck. I mean, 20 years ago. <laughs> I'm a little too old now. Too slow now. Besides, I got a dollar now. I don't have to be a roughneck. Married. I got a nice home. You have to meet my wife. Hey, Mike! Her name's Maxine, but she likes to be called Mike. Mike! I guess she's busy out in the kitchen someplace. Besides, she doesn't hear very well. Shame too. She's so pretty and everything. Well, you'll meet her. Sit down. Oh yeah, I was saying I was a roughneck. Oh no, that doesn't mean exactly what you think it means. Uh, a roughneck is an oil field worker. Specifically, someone on a drilling crew. Call them roughnecks like you call a section hand on the railroad a gandy dancer or a garage hand a grease monkey. Same time you work on a drilling crew for a while, you're going to be a roughneck in every sense of the word, boy. <laughs> the derrick floor or affordable board's no place for a guy with a bow tie. Because when you have to fool around with drilling holes that go farther down in the ground than it is from the top of Pike's Peak down to sea level. <laughs> oh yeah, sure they do. Time I was a roughneck, we got this one well down to 7,313 feet. <laughs> that was a record. But last May, Pure Oil brought one in at the Trona Valley in Wyoming at 14,309 feet. <laughs> yeah, that friend is almost three miles. Quite a hole, that, huh? Sure, I don't think there's an oil worker in the world that don't wonder one time or another what's down there besides rock and oil and gas. Oil that's made out of trees that died 20 million years ago. Oil that's made out of dinosaur bones. Oil that's made, maybe, out of the flesh and blood of men, maybe, that beat each other to death with a stone axe, ate saber-toothed tiger for lunch. <laughs> yeah, you get to wondering. You look at the cores that come up from way down there, and sometimes there's little shells and trilobites, mostly, that was alive when Manhattan Island, where New York is, was under half a mile of ice. We found something once, me and Billy Grunewald. <laughs> something found us. I'll tell you about it. Clear down to around 5,400 feet, we'd set case and it began to get water, so we had to stop drilling and cement off. Well, you see, when water begins to seep in the hole, you pull your drill pipe, and then you let down a cemented shoe inside the casing. You plug up the bottom of the hole, casing it all with quick, hardened, waterproof cement. Then, when it's hard, you drill through the cement and go on down the cement outside the casing at the bottom keeps the water out. Well, we had the drill pipe and all pulled and racked. The cement was set in sea, so we were shut down waiting for it to harden. We'd been coring just before. 
Well, you see, a, a core drill is hollow. And as the bit digs down, it stuffs the drilling up inside it. So when you pull it out, you get a sample of the kind of stuff you're going through. And a geologist can tell a lot from that. So nobody around the rig except me that night. Rest of the crew's gone into town. I was toasting some pork chops over the porch for myself when I heard a car pulling up. Look out, it's Billy Grunewald, the geologist. And I give him a hello. Hey, Billy, come have a pork chop. All right, Porky. Where's everybody? Oh, they all went to town. I'm the whole crew. I had three blowouts between here and Oxnard. Yeah, I wonder where you was. Ted said you'd be here about three. Yeah, I would have been, except for my tough luck. Ah, uh, I'm dead. Hungry? Starved. Yeah, I got six, seven pork chops and bread and some coffee, kind of. Swell. Hey, I got a bottle in the car. <laughs> We're going to have a banquet. Hey, where's that core? That's what I came here to look at. Uh, back there on the bench. Look, look at it after supper. Hey. What? Didn't you say you were all alone here? Uh-huh. I thought I heard somebody talking. I don't see anybody. Keep an eye on that pork chop. You won't have any supper. Yeah, I'm watching it. Yeah, let me put the coffee on. Like so. When did you finish cementing? Uh, this morning. Last tower only made about ten feet of hole, so Ted shut us down before we get flooded out of house and home. Funny about that water. Mm -hmm. Ah. Oughtn't to be any at that level, like, according to my figuring. Well, there is. Is it salt? Sure, right out of the bottom of the ocean. That's funny. Well, maybe I'll be able to tell something from the core. Yeah? I hope so. Well, last core I looked at, I'd have sworn we were getting into shale. Ain't seen none yet from the cuttings. That's funny. Yeah. Pork chop's done. Take some bread. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, man. Oh. Good, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put on another. I had two already for you, Gum. Oh, yeah. Much obliged. Yeah. You know, you never can tell what's down there. You get it all mapped and plotted out. All the strata... And all you know is what comes out of the hole. Yeah, I'd like to go down there sometime, if I was little enough. <laughs> Never get you down a hole. Well, you fit, you're skinny. I'll stay up here and look at the cores. Where is that one? Uh, behind you, over there. Hmm? Oh, well, I'll have a look at it. Why don't you wait till you finish your supper? I'm just gonna look at it. I, I, put on another pork chop for me. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Wow, I, I wish those screech owls would keep it down for once. What's the matter? Hey, you... Oh, wait a minute, Porky. Uh, what? Listen. What's eating you? You know, I'd have sworn there's somebody up there on that horrible board. Uh, you're crazy. There's nobody up there. Standing against those stands of drill pipe. Ah, uh, they're just racked crooked. One of them slipped. Come on back, eat your pork chop. I, I, I guess so. Only, I... What you so jittery about, Billy? Come on, eat your sandwich here. Yeah. Yeah, well, thanks, Porky. I don't know, I... I'm just naturally that way, I guess. I'm always scared of the dark. Doggone it.
I hate to be a baby, but I can't help it. Scared of the dark, honest? Stupid, ain't it? Yeah, I don't know. Everybody's scared of something. Me? Spiders scare the tar out of me. Black widows? Oof. <laughs> I know how you feel, Billy. <laughs> there another light over here? Yeah, here. Oh. oh, that's better. Hey, listen. Um, Porky, go out to the car and look in the left-hand door pocket and bring back that bottle, will ya? That's what I need. Okay, kid. Okay. So I picked up a flashlight, I turned around and went outside. I found the car and I got the bottle. And the floor of the derrick was all lit up. And when I saw a beam of light suddenly flash up toward the formal board, I laughed. <laughs> Billy Grunewald and his ideas. Sure, I looked up there. There wasn't a darn thing up there. Except the drill pipe racked up against the fingerboard. Ah, uh, this uh, formal board. Uh, you seen oil derricks and pictures of them? You know that little platform that runs around the outside of a derrick about halfway up? Well, that's the forable board. You see, a drill pipe comes in links, and you handle them with several links screwed together so as to save time getting them out of the hole. Two links is a double, three is a treble, four is forable. When you pull the pipe, you heist it up inside the derrick with a traveling block, which moves up and down from the crown block at the top of the derrick. Then, when a forble of a pipe is pulled out, it's held in the rotary table. You break the joint with tongs, like a great big Stilson wrench, you see. Snub a cable that's fastened to the handle over the cat's head of the draw works, and that breaks the joint. Then, you hold the tongs on the pipe, give the rotary table a few turns to unscrew it, you heist away with a traveling block, and swing it over to the fingerboard, lean it up against the derrick. The guy up on the forble board takes off the traveling block. You do it all over and over until you got all the pipe out. You see? Well, there wasn't anybody on the forable board, except a screech owl, and it flew away. So Billy turned his light off, and I come on inside. And just as I come up the steps, he lets out a yell. Oh, sweet Jesus. What's the matter? Oh. What's the matter, Billy? Hey, come here. Look here. Oh, what's it? Look, Porky. My, where'd you find that? Now, listen, Porky. I give you my word, that was embedded in the core. Oh, wait, it couldn't be. I tell you, it was. Look where I dug it out. You know what? That rock there comes from a mile underground. And it's been a mile underground for a million years. Man. Look at this. And I did look. And what he was holding was a gold ring. And it was all carved and filigreed, just like jewelry. And there wasn't any kidding about it. It was real. No, 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 hey, wait a minute. Hang on, I ain't done. I poked at the core rock that looked like a, some kind of like petrified salami or something. And then it was my turn to pretty near jump out of my pants, because right alongside the place where Billy dug out the ring, there was a mud-covered but very unmistakable finger. I picked it up, and it was cold, and it was heavy, and it was solid rock. At least it felt like solid rock. I looked at Billy, and Billy looked at me. He started to rub the mud off this here 
stone finger. And as he rubbed it, it began to disappear. Now, he could, he could still feel it, he said, but when the mud was gone, neither of us could see it. And he dropped it on the derrick floor. It went clunk. We couldn't find it anyplace. So you know what we done? Well, we took that bottle and we took it and finished it, Billy and me. We finished it in one slug apiece and it was a pint full of bathtub gin that tasted just like so much well water to me. And then we sat down on the derrick floor and we looked at each other. We didn't say a word. <laughs> My eyes got heavier and heavier. Best thing I remembered was I, I heard some kind of noise that seemed to be coming out of, well, the floorboard, board, 80 feet above us. And I shut my eyes a minute. And I guess I went to sleep. And I had awful dreams. Black widow spiders crawling all over me with gold rings on their legs. Things I could hear but I couldn't see up on the floorboard. board. Billy Grunewald climbing up the ladder outside the derrick in the moonlight. Faces looking at me. I, I couldn't figure out who they were. And then I was waked up by a horrible scream. A crash alongside me that shook the whole derrick. I opened my eyes to see Billy Grunewald lying on the floor two feet away. With a broken neck. With a broken neck in his left hand. Well... He put the gold ring on the little finger of his left hand, and the way his arms were spread out, his left little finger and the ring were gone. Well, friend, I got out of there. I run down to where Billy left his car, and I got in. I stepped on the starter, and I, and I couldn't get it to go. And I remembered, after I pretty near run down the battery, that Billy had taken the key. I wasn't going to go up there and go through a dead man's clothes to get it. So I sat there in the car, shivered all by myself till daylight. And then Ted and the crew came. Afterwards, a state cop and everybody in the world was asking me questions. Did you and Billy have a fight, Porky? I told you we didn't, Ted. But you had been drinking? We only had that little pint, Ted. <sighs> what was he doing up on the forbo board? Did you threaten him, and did he run up there to get away from you? Yeah, listen, cop, don't be a chump. Billy Grunewald and I were good friends. Then why'd you push him off the forbo board? I didn't, I tell you. I, I wasn't up there. Well, what did he go up there for? I don't know. I was asleep. How do you know he was up there? I didn't say he was. You said so. Besides, how how would he break his neck if he didn't fall from way up there? Oh, look, officer, I think it was just another accident. I mean, we haven't got anything on Porky, and personally, I don't believe she did it. Well, it's mighty mysterious. So it is, but we got work to do. Now, how about it? That cement's hard down there, and I want to start drilling again, and I'm shorthanded. Will you let Porky stay here till I run in my pipe again? And, well, then you can take her, and you can ask her questions till you're blue in the face. Well... Okay. Let's get rolling. You got steel up, Happy? I'm all set. All right, Porky. You go up on the forble board. What? Not me, Ted. Oh, don't be such a boob. There's nobody up there to shove you overboard. Hey, you could put a safety line around you if you wanted. And besides, you're getting paid to do what you're told. I've lost too much time already. Come on, get going. So, okay. I go up on the forble board. And you can bet I took a good gander around before I did anything else. I couldn't see anything. So I signaled to the driller to let down the traveling block, and he did. Came sailing down from above. 
I was just reaching for it to pick up the first four ball of drill pipe, gave a big jerk, and the cable broke and dropped and nearly pulled me off the four ball board. And it landed right on top of Ted. And if you have any idea what a guy looks like after two tons of metal land on him from 80 feet up, you keep your ideas to yourself. Well, that was enough. Two accidents in a row? <laughs> the whole crew quit. <laughs> they weren't going to wait for a third. And it was Ted's money that was paying off. There wasn't any more. As far as I know, the abandoned Eric's still there. And that was 20 years ago. Ah, I forgot to tell you something. Yeah, that traveling block was right in front of my face when it broke loose. It was hanging by a steel cable, three-quarter inch steel cable. And I saw that cable break right before my eyes. It looked just like a, a piece of string when you snap it between your fingers. I could almost see the fingers. And you know what? There was something up there on that forable board with me. And so... A couple days later, I came back. I don't know if there's anything in the world as desolate, as dismal as, as an abandoned old well rig. There it stands like a skeleton off a deserted side road and the bare yellow hills surrounding it. And it's just, it's the deadest thing you ever saw. I sat in my car for a long time looking at it. Everything was just the way we left it. I looked in at the floor. The smashed traveling block was there alongside the rotary table. There was a little mutter of steam from the boiler. That was all. And then I heard a, a tinkle or something as it hit the ground alongside me. I looked around. There wasn't a soul in sight. But at my feet was the gold ring that Billy Grunewald and I had found in the core rock that came from a mile underground and from a million years ago in time. And I heard a little sound, the sound of a kid crying. There wasn't any kid up there. But I heard it again, and it came from above my head, and it, yeah, I took out my revolver. I loaded it carefully. I started up the ladder to the forable board. Well, there wasn't anything up there, nothing I could see. There was a voice crying, the voice of a little kid. There was movement behind the rack of drill pipes, and I saw the pipe move, and I yelled, Hey, come out of there, whoever you are! You come out or I'll start shooting! And then the standard pipe shivered, and I thought, What, what can it be that can, can handle a heavy pipe like jack straws? And then there was a crash. And the whole stand of pipe fell over, and I just got out of the way just in time. And I was alone, on the board with a... with a thing. I couldn't see it. I felt the platform tremble under my feet again as something moved towards me. I fired two or three shots. And nothing happened. I started backwards. I knew it was following me because I could hear it meowing like a cat. And my feet tripped over something. And I saw it was a big can of red lead that somebody had left up here. And without thinking, I picked it up and I, I threw it at the sound and it splashed. And there it was. And I wish... 
I wish... You, the face of a, a little girl, frightened, crying with hunger, terror. Hands like a, a human being and a finger missing from the left hand. And a body, uh, well, I'll tell you about that. I told you how I'm scared of spiders, but I knew where it came from. It had come from the bowels of the earth, come riding up on the drill pipe as we yanked it out of the well, come to an alien world, and it was lost. It stood there, dripping with red paint, blood red from head to foot like some horrible dream. And it and it put its hand on my arm. Its hand was stone, living, moving stone. And it looked into my eyes and mewed like a lost kitten. Twenty years ago, I discovered many things about it. What it used for food, that it was deaf, that it was invisible and uh, couldn't see people when it was invisible. That if you sprayed it with mud or paint or grease paint makeup, then it could see people. And believe me, I didn't want to see its body. I could see that in my nightmares, but its face. I can't help wanting to see that pathetic little girl face. I'm afraid maybe I've fallen. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, very beautiful. And when it's well made up, it's... <laughs> but making it up, rubbing grease paint on a stone face that looks at you and smiles and makes sounds like a lost kitten. Yeah, I can disguise the body in long dresses. She can't hear very well. And when she's hungry, <laughs> I have to stay out of her way. I found out what she likes to eat, remember? No. No, sit still. Sit still, too. Sit still or I have to shoot you. I want you to meet my wife. Or, rather, my wife wants to meet you. Mike? Mike? There she is. Come on in, dear. The title of tonight's Quiet Please story is The Thing on the Forbal Board. It was written by Willis Cooper and directed by Chuck and Megan Mara. Porky, the person who spoke to you, was played by Susan Louise O'Connor. And Mike Whittier played Billy Grunewald. Christopher Manning was Ted. Happy was Adam Pilver. And the police officer was Omari Williams. This episode of Quiet, Please was originally broadcast on August 9, 1948 by the Mutual Broadcasting System. This recreation of Quiet, Please comes to you from Los Angeles and is produced by Foley Mara Studios. And so, until next time at this same time, I am quietly yours, Susan Louise O'Connor. <laughs>